He was on a lot of cocaine back then. <laughs> he would have been. I think that this was post cocaine. cocaine. He was probably doing cocaine during the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh man. Oh, I bet. Dave, how's your headphone level? Is that good for you? Yeah, it's good. You can go up a little bit if you want. I like it juicy. Oh yeah! Wow, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. How's our sound check? How's our levels right now? Juicing it, baby. We have levels. That's your that's your usual singing mic. It's in my singing mic. I didn't subject anybody else to using it today because. Do you think sharing mics is kind of gross? What do you think about it? Yeah, Yeah. it really is. A lot. I mean, most bands that tour bring their own, like even like a small band, bring their own mic for sure. Because yeah, that's you're swapping spit with a lot of people, man. Yeah, a house mic, bro. Yeah, that's disgusting. I've been bringing my mic too lately. You've been bringing your own mezcal to things too. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever I uh, do sing out on when we go on tour, I have a little. What kind of microphone? Yeah, Alex bought it for me. What is that guy? Beta fifty-seven. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm, I oh, the beta fifty-seven A. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's made for drums, right? Well, it's made for Tom specifically. Yeah, yeah. But it's got a little angle on it. It's a little more condensed. Those yeah. are great, man. I think vocals sound great through those, actually. Yeah. Dude, we, I, might, we might as well introduce the, these wait. two gentlemen sitting here. It just got a lot handsomer in here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know. These mics on? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We, we just ratcheted up the hunk quite a bit, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Episode 11, we're sitting here with not one, but two guests. Guests. Hello. Thank you for having us, guys. Yeah. Gear hunks. Why don't you introduce yourselves, boys? My name is Alex Ward. I'm Austin Ward. And they're the Ward brothers. We are the Ward brothers. <laughs> Copyrighted, trademark. I'll insert some sort of a little jingle for you, you right there, a little tag. This is super great, excited man. to have you guys on the show. I know you actually listen to the show, so that's even congratulations for us. on episode ten. Yeah, that just this is eleven. This right is here. eleven this now. Is 11. Yeah, I'm assuming so. This will be the next one. I didn't know if this would be like banked for a later release. But we, we got into that rhythm it. for a little bit, but if it, it felt like in this in this fast moving world of, of music okay, gear, you can't we, sit we, on we it. Got, we've got, <laughs> got to keep it yeah. through, keeping yeah. it. Yeah. Pedals, pedals might, are changing. You might, yeah, you might pre-record an app and then it's not relevant next week. That pedal's changing. That, are that totally happened. That there, was, there was all oh, the yeah? Gibson brewers oh, right. going on, and we're like, we've got to, we've got to talk about yeah. it, otherwise we're totally irrelevant. Very so true. We, yeah, we ranted about it. We had to put back the Dan. That Lou was one. the Dan Lou episode. Yeah. We told him. We told him to his face, though. We saw him. You, you pushed know, him back. Hey, at we're the pushing, show, we're pushing you back. Yeah, we said, look, man. He goes, I'm <laughs> really bumped. excited to hear the episode. I got, yeah, we're gonna release it next week. <sighs> Awkward. Oh, you guys did that. a uh, in, in episode ten. You did a, a fantastic evaluation and, and assessment of how you guys have been doing so far. And I'll say because <laughs> I had listened to the first episode. We we just happened to be on tour when the first episode was, was coming out. Say, so we listened to yeah, we listened to them all. Your podcast hit at the right time yeah. for us because we, we had, had a, a long month drives. long worth of driving. So we would pump out every time you put one out. We're like, new up, let's put it on. And That's the first great. episode was good, but there was a part of me like, where are they going with this? Yeah. <laughs> Is this going to work? And then you guys have kept on dialing it in. You brought up a great point. You guys don't do the. Um, the, the common problem with a lot of podcasts is the ums and saying like. Yeah. Yeah. You guys immediately weren't doing that. I, I noticed that. I was very impressed. It's oh, crazy wow. how it like um, kind of uh, changes your... <laughs> that was a joke. No, it is funny. It is funny. I was feeling it. I was like, what, what is it? What's crazy? No, but because we also have a podcast that doesn't quite exist anymore. And that's called... But by Grabthar's Hammer... What a podcast. The only yes. podcast dedicated to the 1999 sci-fi epic, epic space, space adventure, adventure comedy. Galaxy Quest. I forgot comedy. Right now. 
And <laughs> I'm I, Alex. We did the I'm assessment a... soon after our first couple episodes where we were like, hey, we need to listen back to this because we say um yeah. and mm-hmm. like a lot. And I was spending the time, like you are You're editing, the editor. editing out all the ums. And at some point, I just had to tell the guys, like, hey, I'm not going to keep editing if we keep saying the word. You're like, um. hey, talk better. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Speak more word better. Speak better on so, mic. So podcast editor to podcast editor, did you notice uh, people going like that all the time? Whoa. A lot, oh, of, like pops. a lot of pops. Like when you have an idea, you go, actually. Yep. <laughs> and that sound. Oh. oh. I didn't know what you were talking about, but I yeah. get it. Yeah, that, that sound uh, irritates a lot of people. Me, especially, yeah. especially sitting there editing down, you know, an hour and a half worth of stuff to 60 minutes. He manually cuts them out. Yeah. Like, you, you like delete it or just turn the volume down on that I, little I bit just blip? cut it out of the waveform. Clip right it out. There yep. in Ableton, yeah. yeah. That's what you got to do. Gotta zoom in as far as you can. Find the. I, I know what they look like now. I don't even have to repair it. <laughs> you know I'm, that I'm you know what mine look like and yours look like? They're yeah, all different it's, shapes. It's this little, it almost looks kind of like a. It's just like the attack of a snare hit or something. You you see it. You know exactly you know what, what it is. is. It's, it's not a human loudest. noise. Right? You should start uh, use some sound replacer on that. And every time you see that. Throw like in a, like a snare sample or, or a snare <laughs> like a <laughs> kick the drum anger yeah. snare shot. The yeah, the Saint Anger snare. I'm not mistaken. It was after Saint Anger that they put out Death Magnetic, right? That's yeah. right. And that was the one that was overmastered. That's right. Super hot to the point where people were furious and they had to re-release an unmastered version. Wow. You know, you know what I did? Like a lot of Metallica nerds, I found the some. This was around the time that Guitar Hero was a huge thing, and you could get the multi tracks of everything. Cool. Somebody took the Guitar Hero multi tracks and mixed that Whoa. into a stereo file, and it sounded amazing because it was cool. the master. It sounded better. It sounded way sure. better because yeah. it wasn't that brick wall fat sausage waveform yeah. anymore. There were dynamics and everything. That album, I still like the songs on there, but I can't listen to it. The regular version, it hurts my ears. It's I, so I, nice. I, I can't hear harsh it. and loud. Isn't that interesting though, too? That so you listened to the remixed version and you liked it better, but oh, that's yeah. not the definitive version of the record, right, that's though. Right. Yeah. Because we, Austin and I, we've been super into the remastered and remixed Beatles White album. Okay. Oh, they yeah. came out about uh, six months or so ago. Stereo. The stereo it's, mix, yeah, stereo but mix. also completely remixed, and it well, rema- oh, it remixed. was uh, it was Giles Rem- Martin, yes, Giles yeah. Martin, and not yeah, remixed not remastered, remixed. remixed. Which, that's I a think, big deal. I think because a lot of people. Where we talked this about, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, then remastered thing." It was like, "No, no, no, remixed." remixed. Yep. And it sounds like a completely different record. It's very modern. All the tones in the mix sounds like the the coolest comparison that me jumped in my brain was. This sounds kind of lame out loud, but like Tame and Paul, it sounds like a Tame and Paul record. Mm-hmm. Like the bass guitar tones are way gnarlier than like you feel like. And they're front heard and center. On they're right in they're your face. Super loud. It's it's. That white album, man. Yeah, yeah that white, Beatles, the Beatles huh? are good. No, well, and it's not like guys, they had like a sixteen-track session or something. It was probably maybe eight at the yeah, most yeah. that they were mixing from, and they could still change still, it that yeah, much. still dial it out those tones. Real nice. But it's funny because now I prefer to listen to that. But there's a part of me know, knowing as I'm listening to it, this is not the way the Beatles created this album. This is not the the version mm-hmm. that was they meant but for I, people to yeah, hear. True, but it's like. I think also as artists that they would have, if they had the technology, they would have tried to make it sound close. Maybe. To I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You wonder that, right? I mean, and, and I'm sure yeah. the purists are like heresy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. It was like that One Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. <laughs> Pearl Jam re-released a remixed Brendan O'Brien mix of um, 10 oh, a no while shit. back. I and I prefer it infinitely over the original <laughs> 10. 10 ver- I don't listen to 10 because I just don't like the tones on it. It sounds like an early 90s grunge record. Yeah. And the new mix is like very dry tones, right in your face, super punchy. I love it. Yeah. 
but that's not for everyone dude that's not i gotta everyone. hear that i though. get it i'm excited for that yeah pearl jam that's a tough one because they sound like what they sound like because of the record i think in a way right? of 10 yeah, yeah i mean but they're more modern records and like late mm-hmm. 90s into the 2000s definitely took a modern production oh, yeah. tone yeah no, yeah, 10 then, specifically. yeah yeah and then that's when you listen back to those old ones you're like ah, oh, it just sounds outdated at this point yeah ten, that's the first one versus is mm-hmm. the second versus one versus the okay. second yeah, vers- mythology yeah mythology's and that's that when is I, that's when i checked out a pearl jam oh, really? really okay yeah. i mean i saw them yeah. with my, my dad's a big pearl jam fan and i saw them at united center probably i don't know less than 10 years ago and they were awesome but yeah. I, I didn't know like probably a lot the of the songs. stuff yeah, yeah that's i mean they've gosh they put a bunch of records yield was our big one that we got that was into. the definitive but that was like pearl jam for 97 98 yeah i don't even know that one it was like Dude. oh it's good given a flat is that Given after vitality yeah, yeah. right after vitality this yeah. is when they were kind of mel- not no no no, no they did no down. code sorry they did yeah, no, no code, code and then no code. yield yield had a do the evolution you ever oh that was a good that song? song i remember yeah, that that's okay like, that's on that's there? when they started getting a little more weird kind of trying to stay up with the times which for us worked mm-hmm. but then and then with them they did the self-titled the blue yeah, album and then they did binaural binaural which is also pretty this good. is a podcast about oh, the pearl jam discography <laughs> <laughs> hashtag jam hunks yeah. uh, henry's already calculating in his mind how, how long he's gonna have to yeah, edit yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be like a three-part episode like, he's yeah. like okay right when they mention pearl jam start the edit there, there i just then, need to start placing markers yeah, yeah. on the recording <laughs> like just like hit the button yeah, yeah and now end it here went on a hot wings rant last time so that, i chopped all that yeah i know and it was way better without it have you guys seen the YouTube show Hot Ones? No, we watch oh, it all the time. Cool. So we went yeah. on a big thing about that. And there, it just, we didn't, it, there was nothing like, interesting. There was yeah. like, <laughs> did you see that one? Yeah. Which like, one okay. do you think's the hottest? <laughs> I would I would specifically like that. From that show when you haven't tried any yeah. of the hot yeah. sauces. Yeah. Well, it looks easy. I could do it. <laughs> it is funny on the show, though, because it's usually like the third to last it's, hot sauce. It's the bomb. Bear. This yeah, is exactly okay. what yeah. we're talking bomb. about. It's the ugly, dark yes. red one with the nuclear symbol That seems to be the one. It keeps going hotter after that, but it doesn't affect I think they're just, they're done after that. And everything is just, it tastes good, I think. Some of those other later sauces, 8, 9, and 10. Yeah, Yeah. we want to go on Hot One specifically to take on a a buddy of ours. His name's Todd Zimmer. Makes Zim's hot sauce out of Kansas City. Phenomenal hot sauces, but he's got a new one that I can't even remember the the number on the Scoville uh, units. Scoville units on it. And it comes with like a soaked... um, some sort of pepper is in the bottle, and it is so damn hot. And it's got a dropper too, and it's it comes with like, like a, a little eyedropper thing, yeah. as opposed to you Dude. know just pouring it out. I'm just yeah. I mean, once it doesn't taste good anymore, I'm kind of out. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's kind of what we decided. I think on the I think last that's podcast. I'm having deja vu right now. And that's where the edit. This is like a weird yeah. dream. Yeah. Like, End yeah. of the Pearl Jam talk. Uh, I keep getting distracted. Be- well, not only because you guys are sitting here and and on the show, but also there's a, a pedal board sitting right next to me. That's pretty exciting. That belongs to one of you. It's a real uh, gross looking right now. <laughs> well, it's, a just, lot it's of fresh from tour. Fresh from tour. I can smell it. It's got the grime yeah. on it, so you didn't wipe her down yet. A lot of beer smell. It's blood. missing a couple pedals. Actually, that was the that's the tour proofed version of my pedal board. Yeah. Streamlined a little bit. We were out on the road for about thirty days, and this thing never failed me once. No shorts. Uh, no crackles. That's all you so can ask that's for. All man. You can ask for. Real, Never once. Real quick, before we get too far, we being the band Hembry, we've actually talked about you guys at least twice. Yeah, two or three times. Yeah, for the shoutouts. Oh, dude. Um, love the record. We're, was listening to it earlier today. In yeah. fact, oh, we turned it off before the, you got here. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to the rest of the band because I have no doubt we're uh, we have a well, tr- we're going to make this listen. week. Yeah, <laughs> we do listening to this again. Hell yeah. Well, that that means that. Oh man, it's not going to be out until Monday though. That's all right. We got more. We have a couple shows coming up. Listen, listen. listen to the old ones. Hey, right, hey, future Austin or future Eric, Garrett, Isaac, and Alex. Hey, guys. 
<laughs> Whoa, man. It's right. like Billy Ted's, dude. Whoa. All right, that's going to be edited good. out. <laughs> Cordially, no, future Austin. Won't. All right, but hey. I want to hear about this. Tell me, talk me, talk to me about the pedal board. What do you got going on? Well, here? and I, you know, because I've heard you guys talk about your pedal boards quite a bit and your first pedals. This is the first time that I uh, have really invested in. I got a pedal train. I got a pedal train board. You bought a board with the flight case. With the flight case, and it was it's come in handy because we've been flying quite a bit. Humble brag from uh, <laughs> one location to another, and I've been Humble literally. Brag. It it makes me so nervous. I have panic attacks every time I check that that yeah. pedal board on the airplane and they're then we see them through the windows and they're just chucking that <laughs> yeah, motherfucker oh, across the tar, tarmac out there yeah. and um so i finally got the pedal train i got the voodoo power supply going underneath underneath okay nice got and that nice and mounted and hidden under there like i said this is a little streamlined and i'd you know love to hear your guys thoughts on them but i got the old uh what is that the boss t uh tu2 tu3 that's the newer one that is the newer one um, humble brag. That's <laughs> <laughs> the newer one. Uh, and then first in the pedal chain. So you go tuner first. Tuner, you got, tuner first. You got to buffer up front. That's I important, like actually. Yeah. A lot of some people don't. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You guys know more about the tech side of this uh, buffer versus um, true bypass. Mm-hmm. I I've gotten to the point now where I have a, like a functional level of the technology, but then I know what sounds good and what you know what the sound is that i'm going for and as long as the whether it's buffered or true bypass or whatever as long as it's not screwing with my tone too much i'm happy um so i'm going from my buffered yeah. tuner into a uh formerly visual all right visual odd, sound visual sound mm-hmm. now maybe different or maybe it is visual sound I think it's now still visual sound now um the that's route a, 66 the, pedal oh okay they, they I, for some reason i was going to call it the jekyll and hyde that's their other sort that's of the like other one that's pedal. the uh, overdrive distortion this is the compressor in overdrive okay and i have my compressor set on very mild compressor i mostly use it as a boost and i have that on first thing and first thing hitting my amp it's on all the time just to kind of even out just to even it out a little bit yeah especially because the way i play i just have that mild compression on at all times because you play real unstable (laughs) (laughs) all over the place Uh, erratic is the word erratic yeah especially on stage i I think that's a that's a great tool dave and i were just talking about this i'm trying to talk him him into doing that with his with his bass i've never run a compressor and i'm thinking it might just be cool to to try it it's cool and um actually uh dunlop uh mx mx uh r Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at Riot Fest, we played a show. Uh, we also played in the band Archipel and the Exports. And backstage, they had a little uh, Chicago Music Exchange booth set up where you could demo pedals. Cool. And they had an amazing, Dunlop had an amazing bass compressor. I couldn't yep. tell you the pedal. It's, it's called the bass compressor. Mind. And what it is is essentially an 1176 circuit in a pedal with a mix knob. It, th- that's, mm. that's that's my favorite I want to try that. It sounds so damn good. Yeah. And actually, it's funny, right after that, because we tested that, and then Austin and I immediately bought a uh, bass fuzz pedal called the um pork and pork and pickle pickle yeah. yeah the swollen pickle the swollen no not no. the swollen pickle the this one's called, called the pork, pork and pickle, pickle. The black pedal who okay. makes it um mxr oh it's also Gunlop. mxr oh okay. uh, way huge oh it's way huge okay sorry sorry yeah, yeah that's right am i combining the like pork three? barrel <clears throat> oh wait there so there's a swollen pickle there's the pork barrel maybe there's a pedal that combines the two that's what you guys. yes yeah. this is a hey, third pork, pork yeah because it has two it has like the Dual uses for the fuzz. Oh, yes, yeah, so it can be it can be just straight up overdrive yeah. or fuzz, and the fuzz that's is great. so rad. Wow. And it keeps all the low end of your bass. And after we played it, we immediately bought it because we were about to go on a tour where actually I was going to be playing bass, and I really wanted a good bass fuzz, and it blew my mind. Was um, that the European tour? That was the European yeah. tour. Where I happened to have hung out with you fine gentlemen. That's oh, right. That's right. Yeah, you caught, a, caught the last show, Monday night show. Monday night in <laughs> Glasgow. Glasgow. That was a good night to go on. Yeah. 
Oh, we had a, we went out. We, we had did. a good time for a few nights. It was a good Monday night. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but any like you know, last night of tours are like that's uh, that's the big party night. It's the mm-hmm. big show. And anytime you end on a Monday, which this tour ended on a Sunday or a Monday, yeah, it was, a, thing, it was a bad night. You see that schedule, you're like damn it. Like I want to end on a gonna, Saturday. Well, it's not going to be a good show on a Monday night. Like no one goes out on a Monday. Yeah, they do. But it, yeah, yeah, it ended yeah, up being good. Actually, we had yeah, a blast. yeah. The sound we had we had a lot of fun on stage. I think the sound was pretty good. It was an intimate crowd. In Richmond, Glasgow, <laughs> but an enthusiastic Glasgow. one. It was yeah. very enthusiastic because Henry and our good friend Brad Swicky, yeah. who I, you've referenced several times, I think there's. Been was, dude, by the way, him. I don't think he listens to this. Like, no, he, even <laughs> slightly. Do I, I don't, think definitely he doesn't listen. He's to never on, listened Brad. to a podcast in his life over there. In Sweden. I know, yeah, and 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 I've like specifically mentioned a few things, seeing a few like text me and be like, her, and not once. We had a reference last week where I was like, oh, our numbers. We have numbers from Sweden, right? Yeah, like nope, actually, not at all. There have been two visitors. That's how we know. <laughs> and I, I bet maybe no I know when it was I sent Brad the website because Brad makes websites just to like be like hey what do you think like is there anything you would change he's like nope looks good <laughs> more like don't want to fucking help yeah. you make this website <laughs> didn't listen to the podcast definitely didn't look at the website nope looks good bet it sounds good too <laughs> checked out if it sounds as good as it looks, you guys are set. Yeah. Shout out to Brad. What's up, Brad? I know oh, you're listening. Brad. Yeah, you're uh, totally now. Listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to edit this back in like four times into this episode <laughs> yeah. to see in case he skips ahead or something. So that was back in October. Henry yeah. had our, our first European tour, and it just happened to coincide with a trip where Henry was over there. That's awesome. With our buddy Brad. So we all no, got to hang it didn't out coincide. I planned it. Yeah, right? that's what it was. I'm you worked around fan. their tour, right? I did. I, <laughs> although I, I was looking at it, and it was pretty open-ended. Uh, I just I decided to end it because I knew you you guys were going to be over there in Scotland and Brian and I decided to hop over and see you. So that was how I did. I thought you were trip. like I saw that Monday night show and I know that's <laughs> yeah. going to be the one to go <laughs> yeah. to. And that's right? it. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, I want to go to the, that last that last Monday, Monday night one. Yeah. My first night when I got there to meet Brad in Sweden, we saw Julian Lodge, which was like, you know, he's I'm for those who don't know, he's like one of the most amazing guitar players on earth. And then I Julian ended Assange, it. Julian That's Assange, Assange. 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 No, he's uh, you, uh, well, I, I, I'm not even gonna try to describe him. You guys would love him. He's fucking amazing. But then I ended it with you guys, so it was like a nice little musical. It was bookend, a little, like a oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Monday night, Monday night. All right. So we talked about some compression. What about the, do you use the drive in there? I use the overdrive. That's my main drive. And I, I personally just happen to love, and that that's not the most expensive pedal. It's definitely not, you know, one of the nicest pedals on the market, but I love the idea of a compressor and an overdrive in the same unit playing off of one another. And that, and this, this pedal just happens to get two sounds that I absolutely love the compressor and overdrive. They actually made a version three of this, the route 66, that has quite a few more extra features. It has a blend knob for the compressor, um, and I just don't like it. They changed the circuits mm. for the, both the compressor and the overdrive, if I'm not mistaken. The overdrive has none of the low-end ballsiness of this one. So I've twice now I've ordered it from Amazon thinking, like, all right, I'm finally going to make the, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm getting the new one. Tested it out. A day later, I sent it back. Six months later, I did the same thing again. Like, all right, I'm going to give it another shot. Oh, I ordered man. it again. It's like, nope, just not the same. Glutton for punishment. Yeah, Dude, so this gonna, one. You're going to have to buy up the old version. Yeah, I, I was know, because say, this one's starting to short out. I, I, I said there are no shorts <laughs> on tour. For the most part, that's right. Every now and then, um, I'll start playing, and then it'll just cut out altogether. Uh, and as long as you take the power supply out and plug it back in, it, it boots up. Fixes itself. Yeah, it fixes yeah, it itself. Did you try turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> that's that's okay. what I found seems to be the only cure for that. Called the IT department on that. There were, on this tour, there was 
only like once or twice where people would kind of like a technical issue or kind of freak out like, ah, shit, what's going on? And one of them was a New York show, which was a little nerve wracking show. And I remember we were trying to start and you kept giving me the eyes of, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Like something wasn't working. You would go to his pedal board and check his guitar oh, the worst and feeling. he's giving me, and I'm like, dude, like, you know, we're, we got to go. We're on the clock. And you, you like gave me the most angry, stern face of like, don't you start that set. <laughs> and I was just like, and I, so I did the, okay. All right. I was like, are your pedals on your guitar on? And then he went and checked and the standby on the amp was on. Aww. And I remember that flip and you didn't even look back at me. Cause you knew. Uh, yeah. I'm not making eye contact. <laughs> yeah. The rest and of the I show. saw it and I was like, you son of a gun. And I was like, all right, boys, let's, keep, let's cut two songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's, I'm not going to defend myself, but there's more to the story about dealing with some technical yeah. issues with some lighting. And yeah. Well, and- I mean, it's stressful when you're like, you're on a time frame, you got to crank out, a 10 minute setup for you know a 10 minute set <laughs> well especially being from out of town you don't know the crowd you don't know yeah, yeah. they're oh, gonna get restless sure. a lot yeah, faster absolutely. than you if feel- you were your hometown buddies like you yeah. know having beers in the back and you're on and you're on the clock and it's i mean it's just a stressful moment so they see in those eyes it's like oh man like, and, oh. and <laughs> there's something also new york venues unless you're you know probably playing madison square garden new york venues are notorious for they have multiple shows going on at night they got mm-hmm. the early show late show someone's a late late show yeah. they're pumping bands out all night long. Yeah. You've got a 10-minute changeover, 30-minute set. If you're not done at your time, they're just shutting off the PA. Yeah, it's like South by Southwest. Oh, it is like yeah, South by Southwest. Like every, every night. night. Yeah. It's so stressful. And it's a, that one street where like pianos and... That's right where we were. Yeah. So it, that's, it's just there's cramping oh, out three wow. shows a night. We right played there. Mercury Lounge, which oh, yeah. is literally around the corner for pianos. Yeah. And that night, we were supposed to play like the normal slotted show. And then, oh, schedule change. You guys are on at you know, midnight. Wow. And we're like, what? Like that's cool too, but like it's a midnight yeah, New York, like New York on. City. It's gonna be some people out, right? Yeah. Oh, it was a great crowd, but it was also like by the time we went on, it's the show's behind schedule because they've had what eight bands at that point yeah, throughout yeah. the night, and then so then the guy sound guy's like, you know, you're on in two, and we're like, dude, we just started setting up. Like, what do you want? Did you guys do any shows there or anywhere else where you played twice in one day, anything like that? Yeah. We, well, we did a lot of this tour was a lot of like radio acoustic sets during okay. the day and yeah. then like the full band show and you didn't have any like full sets here and then like kind of like south uh, by sometimes we can do yeah no there, the there was like one where it was like you know a, a radio show but it was more full band set cool. but mainly it was like just trying to get around so it was definitely stressful days but less like full band set up when, when you're doing the acoustic thing do you have like a sweet cajon or something you're sitting on <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> maybe What's a your couple acoustic maybe setup, some kongs and bongs what do you got cajon so like that's probably the one instrument. No, no offense. No offense. <laughs> no offense. Preface this with anyone out there Sorry. who's banged on a cup of honer. Like, no offense. I, but I know where this is going. I, I know. I should have started. With. I know one person who hates the cajon so much that he would burn them all down if he had the chance. And he's well, sitting next he's to sitting you right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to think I'm not the only one who hates Dude, the cajon. No, I think you're the only one. They're, They're just sh- douchey, man. Because surely other people hate it too yep. either way that's Dude. the the cone's the one thing i'm like i will never I all will right wait never hold on we're gonna cajon. sidebar to the sidebar here this is great <laughs> okay so you hate the cajon that's established i i want you guys to think about this while i talk about this what do you what do you guys hate music gear wise oh, personally for me it's chorus pedals any almost any guitar chorus pedal and i say almost because actually brad who's not fucking listening to this anyway <laughs> as an original good. boss the big nice. rolling chorus yep, yep, and yep. i played that in sweden and it sounded freaking cool but it, it didn't sound like what a chorus pedal sounds like anyways yeah, i think different. the way that you feel about cajones is similar to the way i feel about chorus pedals they just that's fair they instantly make kind of make me cringe and like 
I, I almost don't like The Cure because of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, it screams a certain era. It's like yeah. late 80s, early 90s. But now it's also a hip sound. It, again, oh, it's I definitely hip it again. Is. Yeah, it totally is. And it's like, the, but it's like when that really watery, super fast one, mm-hmm. I just can't stand mm-hmm. that shit. Oh, I hate it. Man. Throw it with the cajones. <laughs> cajones? Coarse Alex, pedal? What what's else? yours? Alex? Yeah. Well, well, no. Are you are you punting? Do you still not have yours? Up until, oh, I got mine, but I, I'm going to wait. All right. Up until uh, recently, I would have said the ride symbol. Dude, Ride's, oh, ride's wow. tight now, man. That's my favorite symbol. <laughs> no, it's oh, for, I want to hear about that. No, I'm yeah. going to agree with you. There was, a, there was a period of time where I, I couldn't stand the sound well, of a ride being used as a ride. Yeah, like, like know, during a chorus or something. Yeah, like crashing, like crashing on it, it yeah. hitting it as a crash or, or rocking out on it like a crash symbol. That's, that what about the bell? Thing. Are you cool with the bell? Well, yeah. funny you should mention that <laughs> because wrong? we just actually, uh, we've been recording sporadically with um, producer engineer Greg Pianciera who may be listening to oh, this. Greg, well, super talented we'll producer and engineer. Uh, we just tracked a song with him. We were missing something at the end. Who's we? Is that, is that your uh, other Austin, band? Yes, this is for the our other band. FM. No, the this is FM. just... Oh. Wait, was that a Noise FM It was a Noise FM song. Did you guys a third project already? Well, like we have also a for fun project with Greg and our buddy CJ, who lives back in Kansas, and it's like more of a just for fun. An experimental project. Which is very enjoyable. Uh, basically, any ideas that don't make it into Hembry, the Noise FM, or Archbound the Exports end up with this other project we're working on. Yeah. It's an idea. It's sure. just all bad ideas. Sure. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no I was going to say it's, it's all ideas that are too weird for any of the other yeah. bands, so we put it into something. But we were tracking a Noise FM song with Greg, and we were missing something at the end, couldn't figure out what it was. Well, I knew exactly what it so was. So Austin's like, hey, throw another mic on that ride symbol. I'm going to go in there and just play ride i'm overdub a ride over the end of the song and well, he just rode the shit out of that bell dude well, no, okay it wasn't the bell so that's the ride done right which is popular right now which is you riding on a ride symbol, oh, like yeah. on the middle area mm-hmm. a little closer to the bottom of this kind of more symbol, of a, opposite a pingy percussive sound. yeah but rather than hitting it super hard you actually play on it and tap it and ride it which now has become a very popular sound yeah. again so up until three days ago i didn't like the ride symbol but three okay, so you're in. So you're back. <laughs> back. Was there I'm a back. specific thing about it that, that you, did you have a, a bad experience at some point? I think it was just an era when it was like a crutch. I think for drummers, like the way uh, you know, too much overdrive or too much distortion can be a crutch for a guitar player to cover up stuff. It's like you don't know what to do. I'm just gonna rock out on this ride for a while. Well, it's it's a chorus thing. Like it is a, a chorus. When thing. a chorus hits, you go to the ride. When the bridge hits, you go to the ride or like the bell. Yeah, or the bell. Or the floor time, I guess. Yeah. And I think I was bucking against that, like the obviousness of, oh, yeah, you're but supposed I, I to think, do this. Yeah, I, I think it's hip now again because it wasn't it wasn't hip for a while. Now it's back because that's how things work. And now it's cool again to rock out a chorus on the ride. You know, that just reminded me, we were hanging out with him recently, Mikey Russell. He might be listening. Yep. What's up? He, I don't know if this is still true, but while I lived with him and knew him musically, he hated open hi-hats. Uh-huh. Wow, like, yeah. He absolutely refused to allow that sound in, in his band. To like, I think to like stay on it or even like I think like he was kind of close just like fully closed hi hats, like mm-hmm. the chicky thing, but I don't like open hats, like he just I, I think he wow. preferred no symbols in, in general. How do you build a drum part without opening the hi hats? It's a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, no shit. It is harder, which is like I think you're saying it, it, 
it's a better challenge to as a drummer to not rely on an open hi-hat or a ride and a lot of times when we record we'll do like no cymbals like no cymbals on the whole song a queens of the stone age trick yeah that's right yeah Yeah. well but then they always overdub cymbals Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but we we re-record them without it and then don't try not to add them in and it's like well rather than this chorus getting big because you're now playing a crash or open hi-hat can we use a shaker or a shaker tambo or even a synth like what other elements can we add to it to make it just as big which is a fun challenge. You know who did that? <clears throat> and I thought of it earlier when you were talking about douchey DePaul crowds. Um, I saw Alt J on their first tour with mm-hmm. that first record. There are no symbols on that record. Wow. Really? Yeah. Or, or live. He had some sort of, it wasn't like a wood block. It was some sort of little metal block situation that he mm-hmm. would use percussively. No symbols. Did yeah. they have a live drummer or were they like, yeah. I thought they had a live He was good too. Yeah. yeah. He was a solid drummer, but the douchiest crowd I've ever been in. My yeah. I don't, think, yeah. I don't the think Metro. I it was like, show. it was like a, a fraternity mixer yeah. let out in the Metro. <laughs> right. I remember when they were blowing up, I, I got into him like right when I heard about him a long yeah. time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is cool, interesting music. And then they, quickly blew up and quickly became a bro band yeah like a college bro band which is surprising to me when you listen to the music yeah, i would not have expected that no, no it's like intelligent music for like the com- it's very complex and mm-hmm. not the normal it's not like dave matthews it's not like limp <laughs> not to <laughs> in- defend any dave matthews i think fans, we're okay but... offending dave matthews oh, yeah, fans on this podcast because i also hate dave <laughs> cajones and dave matthews. he'll never live down the shit dump man. Yeah, 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 I will, so. Oh, that was one of his I, I, for records. some reason I heard a Dave Matthews song recently, and I'll admit when I was in high school I liked some of it, but man I don't know what it was. I just remember I heard the song and I was like, man, this is horrible. But then I had started listening to the drums and I was like, oh shit, that dude oh, can really play the drums. Oh rippers. my god, yeah, yeah the that, band that, can really play. His band is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah they great. can all play. So you the like band? band. Yeah. You don't yeah, like Dave exactly, Matthews? Band. Yeah. I like band of Dave Matthews band. <laughs> Dave Matthews, I don't like. <laughs> Oh, man. Wait, so there was another side tangent to the side tangent that I wanted to get to, and I thought of it when you were talking about starting the songs. I was wondering, I guess now the couple times I've seen you guys, and obviously, like many modern bands, there are some songs you've got sort of tracks and stuff that you're playing along to. Like, how are you controlling that live? What is the, are, is that all you, Austin? Are you controlling that from your sampler? Like, how are those, how well, is that I mean, happening live? I mean, I'm definitely in charge back there. Clearly. <laughs> sure. No, I think we, it was... It was interesting when we when me and Alex joined the band and started touring more with Hembry, we definitely relied more on tracks than we do now because it was more like we just we're hitting the road. We need to just put whatever elements we need for the live show that we can't do, put them on a track. Let's do it. And then in which case I would trigger it every time. And then we actually when we went to the Europe tour, uh, our keyboardist Eric, who's like a gear he's your he's a gear yeah. when i when, when i first met him within 30 seconds we had like we jumped into a gear talk and exactly. talked for probably yeah. a half hour straight yeah That's so great. he he lived and breathes gear stuff too and lo- always wants to like know what's the most efficient but like best way to approach a live set so before we did europe he really pushed on like rather than relying on the tracks again for this tour let's go ahead and open it up to where it's a click track for me and him and then he runs it all on a Rolling so Eric's on the click too. Yeah, Eric's oh, cool. on the. He's the only one on the click. Yeah, Austin yeah. and Eric are usually yeah. the only ones. And on then the click. and then he runs it all on a uh, for rolling, rolling TRS basically yeah, the TR8S. Yeah. So basically, yes. like, and he has you know eight tracks, like eight dials, and each dial has a, a certain element of what we normally would have on the back track, you know, uh, a synth line or whatever it might be. And now we run it this way so that he can live fade in those parts. So if we want to, you know, jam on a bridge for a bit, he's he has the whatever element might be on the backtrack for a bridge and then you can fade it out whenever we're ready to move back. That's awesome. And it's incredible. And he's now we've, you know, granted 
got a little tour tight by the end, but now he doesn't even use a click for most of it. So he just relies, like I hear it. Mm-hmm. So he relies on me to keep the tempo and then he'll fade in. And then that way it allows him also to groove with the band. And like, if Alex is doing a half-ass solo, but wants to keep going, we can. And then Eric, we'll, we'll all lock eyes. I'll do a fill and then we can move on to the course. It's much That's more awesome. organic. Does now he have a monitor system or is he running through the house? Everybody's yeah. in ears or what? Uh, no, so no one's in ears except usually just me. And then usually Eric for a click every once in a while. He's running a headphone out. And so then, he's here, you know, he's getting direct signal from his, uh, uh, from a sampler, he's getting the tracks and his own click usually too. But he doesn't have an amp or anything on stage. No, he doesn't bring an amp. Actually, it's all he doesn't the run any sounds to his headphones. It's oh, just he a headphone splitter for the click only. Just the click. Oh, oh cool. And so we just cranking monitors. What's feeding the headphones the click? Where is that coming so from? So he for he he runs an out an output line out of his. TRS. Sampler, so the, the click is sampler. coming from the sampler too, and then it runs into a headphone splitter that goes to both of our headphones. Oh wow! Cool. And then, then he usually just pulls his headphones out and just relies on me. Yeah. And then, if I'm not mistaken, though, yeah, Austin, out of his SPDX, also has a click going. So some songs you're so, leading so, with yeah, the click, exactly. Some so songs some songs I'll just do it, and then I'll walk in, and he'll just fade him in and out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a give and take, but it's been it's been great because then we don't. Like if someone mess, like if Isaac forgets a lyric or which is rare, but if he forgets it or, you know, extends a section, we're not stressed out like, oh shit, we're off the track. We're screwed. We can now groove with it a little bit longer. So it's been nice. It's been a, I mean, technology, man. (laughs) That's That's impressive. We can do that now. That's That's really cool. And it's really, it's a simple system. It's just one of those that it took Eric being like, I think we could do a better system. Let's change it. And the rest of us were like, man, I don't know. It's working. These tracks are working. And then it's it's not even that it's it's necessarily better it is, it is it is good and it's efficient but it's also it makes the show better because we're able to be more on the fly yeah we're, we're not we're, we're not relaxed. married to the yeah. click track you know or a backing track yeah. the entire yeah you song. can still jam you can still yeah. break off into things and yeah and, and eric runs like so he'll like trigger those aspects of like a track but then he also plays keyboard so he's actually doing like a, most of the sounds that you hear at a live show that you know aren't guitar bass or drum or vocal Eric's controlling and manipulating in some aspect. So he's definitely doing it way more live now than we ever have been, which is cool. Like, that's cool. That's he's a, having, that's a, a, he's having a good time. Oh, Sorry yeah, we couldn't sure. have Eric on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Bring well, him in. That's really unique. I feel like the, the huge trend, obviously, is just having a laptop and able to yeah. running tracks yeah. right now. But I've definitely seen shows where that laptop crashes and oh, all of a sudden yeah. you can't now perform. What? Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. We could, if something were to crash, even if it was a keyboard, we could still pull it off. Like, yeah. It happened. It's happened times in St. Louis. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, which wasn't the end of the world. We had in St. Louis, my, so I run an SPDX pad down back by me, which at this point now is mainly just used for like a fake snare or like a, a you know, a sound. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It's what like is little, that called? A sweep? Yeah. Uh, a whoosh. Reverse, whoosh, reverse, reverse, reverse symbol, the, swell. the reverse yeah, one though. The yeah. swell. Yeah. Like little aspects like that. Uh, and then there, yeah, we had a St. Louis show, which I'd been using this, spdx pad for gosh eight years something crazy and then oh wouldn't you know it it crashed like as we're like shows on you're on in two minutes and i'm like oh it's dead boys like it's dead (laughs) so on the fly we were all pretty chill about it because we all knew with the new system we could pull it off and eric's like what elements do you do on this song he's like i got it okay what do i need to do got it and we pulled it off and no one knew anything had happened yeah because we're we're not relying yeah i mean we were stressed but not relying on a backtrack's a, a lifesaver for sure. 
Yeah, because you still got the click that you can yeah. play along. Did you guys ever run the system where you're playing like w- literally with the whole song or something like that? Or like once it starts, it's going. And- oh, yeah, for sure. We- yeah, like Noise FM, whenever we kind of Yeah, you guys messed with that stuff. Because yeah. we, we used to be like a four-piece at one time, and then we downsized to a three-piece, and we wanted to keep a lot of those elements live. So then we went full backtrack. How difficult was that? Uh, it was difficult at first, but we all like getting used to the click as a drummer was the hardest thing. So up till that point, I never used a click. And yeah, then once I realized right. like, Oh, this is kind of nice. kind of like feels good to be locked in and know you're locked in. But then that we slowly sort of pulling things out of tracks because we're like, it also feels kind of weird. Yeah. Sometimes. There's a, you feel weird doing it a little bit. Yeah. You feel like you're chasing the song sometimes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Chasing the song. And then also you're, you feel like you're not being honest on stage. Like, you know, we sound incredible right now, but it's because <laughs> yeah. that's a backtrack guitar that's you know playing a yeah, double you could to what plug I'm doing. Vocals into it. Or oh yeah, like yeah. Because yeah, we'd get so many comments of like, man, like there's just three of you, guys, but you guys sound huge. <laughs> and I would always be like, yeah, the best compliment ever. <laughs> yeah. If you're oh not yeah, using backing and, yeah. And they were so impressed yeah. by that, and I wanted so bad to be like, man, if you had any idea how many sub synth lines are on that chorus <laughs> yeah. backtrack. Like, why do you think it sounds like there's four bass players? Because there's four bass players. Because there was four bass tracks. Yeah. I I feel like I used to have, I I would take issue with that when I would notice it live. But at this point, man, I feel like you only get one chance to play a show for somebody. Like, fucking make it sound good and then make them like you. And then they'll be a fan. Who cares? And we wrestle with that with Hembria. Right now, we were trying to figure out, like, we knew it was important that we were touring behind the single culture from the record. Track two. Track two. We knew if there's one song that has to sound good in our set, it's got to be culture. And that there, song people are going to be there. Really has that feel too. Yeah, like it doesn't. It, it sounds super. You know, huge. It, it sounds, sounds huge, huge on yeah. the record. So that's the one we're like, okay, you know, what, what's the? Where do we feel comfortable of how much stuff are we going to put on a track, you know, or sample before it's too much? And, and we're like, there's no limit to this one. <laughs> Let's nice. go big yeah. or go home. Which on it this did sound at the show. It was like it sounded like the record. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds just, cool. But and most of that now is at first we had everything tracked and now we've dialed it back. So we definitely have dialed it back. But yeah. there's like little elements like that song. We we like the recorded version of that song so much because there's elements of like a. Uh, snare tone that it's not an actual tone it's literally like an overtone from a keyboard like a dude <laughs> you can't see my outline that I've got here right now but one of the <laughs> things we I wanted to ask you was about this that sound that's, on yeah. that song so, and actually. that's one of those that like that it, it, I've it, got a it, snare hit cowbell thing that's yeah. 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 and it's not a drum hit at all it's literally like I think it was a synth sound or it was an overtone it might have been the overtone from the snare but like it's just a it's a real it's sound. not a hit it's a, it's a tone mm-hmm. it's basically feedback we call it feedback on the on the mix but like that was an element that makes that song sound so kind of slightly different and distinct because of that tone so when we were kind of making up like the elements of the backtrack for the live show we were like i think we need to have the tone like it's such an element element part on it it's an important element on it so it's it's on there that's great so when we play it live like you'll hear it and i love here because i hear it in my headphones and every time like I feel pretty confident I'm usually synced up with it. When I hit my snare and that's in my ears at the same time, every time, I get so excited. <laughs> that's Cause, awesome. Because it sounds that's great. That's your marker, too. That's oh, how you know. It, it, oh, yeah. And so I'm locked in with this yeah. feedback tone. And so and it just sounds, I know that it is enhancing the song. It's probably worth being there. I think yeah. that's so crucial, man, to put a sound like that on your yeah. live performance. Yeah. And when, if you yeah, knew behind the, the scenes the debates that we had of how do we pull that tone off live, it was, you know, does Austin play the verses on his SPDX so that, you know, he's hitting that snare tone sample, but then you're losing the organic real snare. Or, you know, there's another, the other option would be we could put a snare trigger 
you know, an SPDX trigger on the snare, I guess. Yeah. Which is, I mean... Oh, the cat, the cat <laughs> was eating guacamole. Yeah, yeah. Well, we discovered our burgers. And she oh. Found, oh, meat. Wow, that's a feast, too. Oh, but no. Once yeah, that you know cat now. gets the taste of blood, man, you're going to be a, she's a vampire. That's the real meat. You're not going to have to feed her for three days. <laughs> I do um, want. I do want to talk about triggers, but I'm gonna wait till. I okay, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. We can edit this out. Do you guys want a beer or anything? You guys good? Uh.